0: Welcome to episode two of the Sink or Swim podcast, the official name of our podcast. Did as... you just
1: say Sink or Swim podcast?
0: Yeah, it was voted on by the 3,000 listeners we had for the first episode.
1: Ah, so we have a name. Mm-hmm. What do you think it means?
0: Well, I think it kind of came to us uh, rather intuitively. Okay. We're very intuitive people. Okay. When we were thinking about a name, uh, we had a few different options, but I think Sink or Swim was, was always near the top from the beginning. Um, and then, like I said, our 3,000 viewers were pretty unanimous. It was 85%. Uh, listeners,
1: our 3,000 listeners.
0: It's true. They didn't really view an audio recording. <laughs>
1: if they could, they wouldn't want to watch anymore.
0: But here we are. This is the Sink or Swim podcast, the official podcast of NSUMD.
1: Official. There might be others out there, but none has the official seal of NSUMD.
0: So, in the last episode, it was.
1: But wait, hold on. I want to talk more about what it means to sink or swim because there's a meaning behind that, right?
0: I mean, there is, but I think that the meaning is really um, different for each person. Like, what does it mean to you?
1: It means to me that in med school, you're either sinking or swimming.
0: (laughs) It's it's very uh, (laughs) profound.
1: Yes, it means that either you're going to get overwhelmed with the amount of stuff you have to do and you're going to fall to the bottom of the ocean. Or you just you have to swim with the current.
0: So you're you're gonna do well or you're not. Yeah, but most people do do well so just keep swimming.
1: And fun fact sharks are actually always swimming <laughs> in order for them to maintain breathing And
0: if they stop, then they asphyxiate and pass away.
1: Yeah so um, that is what we're doing here.
0: I think the summary is basically if as long as you're you're trying and you're moving forward towards a higher aim, you'll be <laughs> all right.
1: Because even when a shark is sleeping at the bottom of the ocean, it's still moving its body just a little bit.
0: So here we are. We're swimming. We're almost done with our swim, though.
1: For now. I think we're just going into a deeper part of the ocean.
0: So in the very first episode of the Sink or Swim podcast last time, we honestly didn't really know what we were getting into. We kind of had a little outline. It was our first time recording a podcast, admittedly. uh, But I think it went really well. We listened to it. I personally thought it sounded pretty good. We've gotten some feedback from a few of our 3,000 listeners, Mm -hmm. and uh, (laughs) they all said that that actually was pretty good, and it was actually not boring to listen to, which is encouraging.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard to be boring. I mean, it's us. Yeah. I can listen to myself talk.
0: Right. Me too. So the first episode was kind of just us riffing about, I guess, our entire experience in school, what it's been like, you know, what it started you know, before medical school, getting the acceptance and kind of just working our way through the four years and just where we are now. And it was it was really cool. I liked, I always like reflecting and just thinking about all the different things. You forget about a lot of stuff until you try to like actively remember it. And you're like, wow, yeah, that all this stuff happened in such a short period of time. Well, I guess it's not really short, but three years, three plus years is a long time.
1: I feel like it went by really quick, though.
0: That's the thing. Overall, yeah. There's a, there's a saying about that, and I'm blanking on it, but basically, like, I think it's the years are short, but the, like, something are long, where basically, when you're in the mm. moment, it feels like it's it's dragging on, mm-hmm. but when you look back, you're like, yeah, that went by really quickly, but if you ask me, you know, second year when I'm preparing for an ASCII, mm. if, yeah, med is just flying by. No, it felt like it was dragging on.
1: I feel like it's been flying by this whole time. It was such a blip. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so quick. Uh But I also think that's because I'm older than you.
0: (laughs) You're not that much older than me. Okay, but let me rephrase. In the moment when I'm preparing for the ASCII, it's like, dang, this is dragging on. But I think even if you ask second year me, like, oh, did first year fly by? Yes. So like every, like when you're in the present, you're like, yeah, right. Like right now, we're almost, we're a little less than two weeks from the Monday of match week. Mm -hmm. And it feels like these two weeks are just taking forever, right?
1: It does. It does. It feels like um, these 16 days are never going to pass.
0: Right. That's my point in that it's 16 days, which is nothing compared to just one year. But we just said that, you know, three and a half years just flew by in the blink of an eye. But when you're in the moment, it feels like it's taking forever.
1: But for some scientific correction, technically time does feel <laughs> like it goes by faster for me because I am older. <laughs> Yeah, because it's a a shorter percentage of my life now. Mm.
0: So as you get older, time seems like it goes by faster.
1: Right. Think about a four-year-old. One year is a quarter of their life. Right, I get
0: it. Versus
1: a 30-year-old, what's the percentage of your life a a year? Smaller than a quarter.
0: Your life's almost over.
1: Exactly. What does it matter? Exactly.
0: So... In this episode, we just thought that it would be nice to kind of talk about, you know, we did talk about everything, but now to focus more in on where we are, because that's kind of where we left off last time. It was moving into interviews and just kind of briefly saying, yeah, interviews were, are basically done, and uh, here we are. But Mitch. But Sam.
1: Question for you. What did you end up applying for? I know we talked about it last time, but say it again.
0: I applied to internal medicine. Okay. The practice of medicine Mm -hmm. in the adult population.
1: Okay. I did as well. Um, So, Mitch, I want you to answer a few questions for me. Okay. How did your interviews go?
0: My interviews went really well overall. For those of you that don't know, interviews for residency were all online this past cycle, um, as they were the previous cycle as well. But before that, residency interviews were normally in person so let's say you got 10 interviews you would have to book a flight make a long drive or a short drive depending on how close they were and travel to each of these hospitals or programs um, for every single one which is a lot of traveling especially if you go on 10 15 some people go on more that can add up versus the past two cycles we just kind of logged on to zoom in our own home in a suit
1: I think um well then so so I have a question for you that I want you to answer very honestly. Did you wear suit pants?
0: Okay, so I know this is a very controversial um subject. People have very strong opinions on this one way or the other. I am the kind of guy, mm-hmm. no lie when I go on virtual things, I have to wear the full the full thing, Wow, even the shoes sometimes. no, the past few interviews like, I wore just tie up. Oh, definitely the tie, but like... But No,
1: I mean like the tie-up shoes, like with shoelaces and stuff?
0: Well, I can kind of just slip into mine, so it's a little Okay,
1: less you don't levels. wear like a pair of Crocs?
0: So that's the thing, is like generally when I do, if I'm wearing a suit virtually, I got to wear, for sure I'm wearing the suit pants, mm-hmm. maybe not a belt if I'm feeling crazy, but okay. I got to wear the shoes. I got to actually be ready, like I'm going out in the suit.
1: That's I can't just wear the
0: suit jacket and like gym shorts. That feels horrible.
1: Did you know only for my first interview that I actually wear normal pants, like pants that I would have worn to an in-person interview, but mm-hmm. then after that it was just pretty much comfy pants and Crocs.
0: Right. One of my classmates, one of our classmates, um, I think he was just messing with me, but he, I don't. At the same time, I don't think he was. He said during one of his interviews, they made everyone stand up and, and turn around
1: they tried to do that at one of mine but then the program director says i'm just kidding so but i started to sweat i was like well if i stand up close enough they're not even gonna see my pants so it's no big deal
0: so i don't think it's because of the fear of that that i did it i just feel very weird if i wasn't wearing the full suit
1: i can see your i can see your concerns
0: but i respect the gym shorts if you want to wear the gym shorts but yeah overall my interviews went really well um I don't know where I stand on if I think virtual interviews are the way to go. Like, should that be the standard? I know there's, like, tons of pros and cons. I don't think cons. they
1: are. I don't think, they, I don't think they're going to be the standard. I, I hope they're not for residency. For med school admissions, I think they're here to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, Because it's so hard to get into med school as it is anyways that it, you don't need to come in person to see the school. You know, most people don't have a choice.
0: I know this could be, like a long conversation with lots of pros and cons and like I've had these conversations with like my friends and people I've met in the hospital and stuff or on this cycle like yeah I would love to, I would have loved for sure to go to these hospitals and check them out and like feel out how the residents work together what the facilities are like all that but I feel like a good middle ground would be keep it all virtual but maybe move up the time where you have to submit your rank list and the programs have to submit their rank list maybe like mid-February or something and give like a two- or three-week period where second looks are allowed where you can go to those places if you really want to and check them out. I guess this would need to be before you submit your rank list, Um, but after the programs submit theirs where you can go to them if you want. There's no pressure because the programs have already submitted their rank list. You can check out as many or as few as you want um, and if that's really important to you. And if it's not, it's not. Um, that's an option.
1: I think it should just go back to the regular way. Yeah. Because USMDs have, what, like a 90, as of last match, a 92% chance of matching. So it's not, it's not. you know, in one side's, you know, the ball's not in completely on one, side, on one side of the court. Yeah. So it's no. really important that we see where we're going.
0: Also, just like, I guess a matter of principle, I, when you change something so drastically it's only in two years we've done this and mm-hmm. to say now like oh well this is just the way it is now like it's probably better just to go back to the way that it was if it didn't yeah. like nobody was advocating for virtual interviews to my understanding before covid no it was just like people actually look forward to it it was like wow i get to travel around the country exactly. and check out all these hospitals see all these different cities
1: it's the f- that's the fun part for med school at least for me when i was flying to different cities to see these places but now the utility of zoom interviews for med school is completely makes sense and i think it's going to it's here to stay but for residency you have to see where you're going to work
0: 100% you, i mean you, well you don't have to because we you didn't should. but you should it, it, there's an argument you should it makes it, should. it so
1: much easier and then for the programs too it makes it easier for them to know who they're going to be working with like they can see you in mm-hmm. full you know 3d they can see you and also i think it'll solve the problem of and i think this is a huge problem is interview hoarding um which is what happens um if it's if you can go to a zoom interview and you've gotten 20 25 30 you're gonna go to all of them and you're not gonna rank. you can't rank them all number one
0: and that's the thing too is like it is a game at the end of the day of like matching somewhere and Shoot, if you get 30 interviews, like, I don't think you should go on 30 interviews, obviously. But, like, there are people that, you know, they're going to maximize their chances, even if that means bumping up their chances from 99.5% chance of matching to 99.9% chance of matching by going on from 15 to 25, 30 interviews. And part of me is like, yeah, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't do that because those are 15 interviews that somebody else could have had. But at the same time, like, if there are no limitations on it, then you're just playing the game, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's right, but part of me can't fault people for doing that.
1: No, you can't fault people for doing it because there's so much investment that goes into this. So if you've received an interview, you've earned the interview, right? Um, But it it would... uh, it's hard in the moment to think, oh, let me give this interview up so someone else can have the shot. You yeah. v- very rarely do med students think like that, by the way. And
0: there are like different alternatives that have been proposed to fix all that, like whether it be application caps or interview caps or you know a cap on how many places you can interview or I guess interview or the number that you can end up ranking. Um, and then I think even plastic surgery, for one example, there might be other specialties, they have their own interview timeline where they have like certain days that they release interviews on in mass so mm-hmm. that uh, applicants are like, okay, it's, this is not the right day, but just for example, okay, it's August 1st, which is before applications. I let's, think
1: it's actually November 15th or try something November like 15th. that. That yeah. sounds
0: like a better example. Okay, it's November 15th. All the interviews for plastic surgery just went out, to, went out to everybody, and there's like two waves. So then you maybe get five or you get 10, and you're like, sweet. Uh, I have as many as I need, or oh no, I don't have as many as I need. Um, and then maybe you even apply to a few more programs, I don't know, but it just makes it so that you understand how many interviews you have at an earlier phase in time, and if you have enough, you can maybe drop them so that other applicants can get those interviews on a second wave later on.
1: So I think Plastics does that, Ortho does that, and OBGYN, they do that. Um, for us, we both applied internal medicine, so the apps came in, you know, Shoot, I think you got your first interview invite like two days after submitting your ERAS, right? I don't think so. Yeah, you did.
0: I really don't think it was that quick.
1: No, it was that quick. It was it was that quick.
0: I remember that my first program.
1: It was that week because it was.
0: I think it was the first it, week. You're it right. was,
1: it was, no, it was like two or three days because I remember you were on the ICU rotation, I was on the PULM rotation. You right, right, we were I know. sitting there.
0: I got, okay, I did get one within the first week, and then I think like. I got one like every couple weeks after that, and then there was like a lull, and then I got a few, and then there was a lull, I got a few, and then it was like done.
1: So I got like all of mine within the first three weeks, and then that was it. Yeah.
0: That was it. I think that's like kind of, I mean, our experience was similar. Yours definitely came quicker and then died out quicker. Mm -hmm. Mine were a little bit more like trickle in, but we got around the same number of interviews, but it it definitely ended quicker than I thought.
1: But we didn't get the same number. Mitch, how many did you get? Fifteen. Okay. I got 18, so I lost the bet.
0: And the reason we even bring this up is because we had a really important bet, very high stakes. Well, we
1: talked about it during the last episode.
0: In case you didn't catch it, or in case you care, we had a very important bet. Of course they care.
1: Why wouldn't they care?
0: We had an important bet on whoever got the least number of interviews would have to buy Panda Express. No,
1: that was not the bet. How do you still not understand this after we've talked (laughs) about this? I'm concerned. The person with the most amount of interviews has to buy the panda. Does Makes it, more sense. Bad? You have a better jo- uh, you know shot at getting a I job. Won the bet, so, so of course you buy the panda. It doesn't matter
0: if I say the terms correctly. I've already gotten my free you
1: panda. You won the bet. But I lost the bet. Technically won, but I will say that I I was trying to and maybe our listeners can chime in on this if they want to, if they care, but I still maintain That you should have bought the Panda because the original rules of the bet were not fair. It shouldn't have been raw number of interviews. It should have been percentage of return on your applications. In which case, you had a higher percentage of return on your applications.
0: (sighs) I've already had the Panda. I applied to 91
1: programs. How many did you apply to? Like 50-something, right? I applied right? to
0: 53 programs. Okay,
1: this is important. We should tell people how many programs yeah, you yeah. applied to. Yeah, and this yes. And,
0: like, we're saying these numbers, this is very normal. Yes. Like, it's normal for to For internal
1: get, medicine, it's 70.
0: Yeah, when I say I got 15 interviews, like, that sounds like a lot. But, I mean, it's a good number. I'm very happy I got 15 interviews. But getting between 10 and 15 interviews for internal medicine specifically is kind of like what you're aiming for. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, and applying to between 50 and 100 maybe at the most, uh, the higher end, is also very normal for internal medicine.
1: JAMA recently came out with an article saying that average for 2021 was 71 applications for internal medicine. Wow. So that's right in the middle of you and I. Yep. You were on the lower end of of applications, which is crazy to me because that's still a lot of applications. And I was on the higher end of applications, but it averages out. Yeah,
0: and I mean... To be fair, yeah, I guess I was on the lower end, but I'm glad I didn't apply to less and I could have applied to more because, I mean, I got 15 and I think most people aim to get 15 interviews because there's like a curve that shows you based on previous data, like if you interview at 15 programs, your your chance of uh, matching is, is like nearing that, like infinitesimal, like you where- You reach
1: that asymptote of the curve, that's right? That's the one I'm looking for. So that's uh, 12 for IM.
0: Yeah, it's around 12. 12 which is, is the like magic number. 99 point XYZ amount yes. percent chance of matching. So, like, there's a very, there's a point of diminishing returns around 12, 13 interviews. So, 15 is what a lot of people aim for. Well,
1: apparently, there is a point, and this is per AAMC, and they have a whole little campaign uh, really pushing for this that there's a point of no return on the amount of apps that you submit as well. Okay, and that's supposed to be around forty, but the data from JAMA says otherwise. Yeah, I don't know about all that. Yeah, so people are too scared to take that risk, and I understand. But AMC Double AMC is pushing hard for people to to really. Stick at that 40 yeah, but unless number. You,
0: unless you revamp everything like we just said with caps Correct. and stuff, why would you do that? Because you're talking about just paying a few extra hundred dollars to
1: mm-hmm.
0: well increase the chance of you ultimately matching and matching somewhere you want to go to.
1: Real talk. How much did your application, how much did it cost?
0: Um, I could pull up my receipt. It was, uh, and I feel like I'm going to really mess it up.
1: Mine was 2200 and I, th- I think I remember you texting me saying you it was like fifteen hundred or something.
0: I think it was around fifteen hundred. Okay. Because and the way it works is I believe after thirty programs. So so basically for the first ten programs there's like a set number. Mm-hmm. Or set I think you pay like a couple hundred dollars. And then it's like programs ten through nineteen cost like maybe twenty dollars a program and then like 20 through 29 costs like $30 a program. And then over 30, I believe it's like 40. It's like a lot per mm-hmm. program. So as you apply to more programs, especially over a certain number, it gets more and more and more expensive. So especially if you're an out of, out of the country applicant, like an international medical graduate, foreign medical graduate, Caribbean student, and you end up applying to 200 plus programs. I know some people end up applying to like 300 programs at the, at the most extreme cases. I think they close it on $10,000 just to apply.
1: Oh my gosh! I
0: wish I—I mean, that's insane. But at the same time, that—that that is a, a indirect cap, if you will, because they're trying to limit the people that apply to that many programs through the use of expensive, wow. <laughs> through the use of expensive, Through the use of expensive, <laughs> by making it uh, uh, prohibitively expensive.
1: But we still saved money because we didn't have to fly anywhere or stay in a hotel. Um, but I would have liked to have flown places and stayed in hotels. Actually, I'll be honest with you. I was secretly hoping that interviews would be online this year um, because I thought that, oh, my gosh, if I go in person, all these places are going to see how horribly, morbidly obese I am. And then they're not going <laughs> to rank me. I'm no, sure. these I'm sure. are these are the thoughts uh, no, yeah, of they're... my obese brethren. Breadlin- this is how we think. Um, oh, no, what happened? Oh, okay. We're good. We thought we unplugged the cord. We, we didn't. The MacBook um,
0: screen dimmed, and we thought it was over. But we're good.
1: So I was worried about that, and I was like, "Well, on on Zoom, you can, you know, curate a look of not being so sure. so big." Um, and I was secretly hoping for that, and then thinking, "Okay, well, wow, I'm doing interviews. That gives me time to really go to the gym and go on a diet, so they'll never know." But you know, you know, in true me fashion, I, I did not do that. So they're in for a surprise when they meet me on July first. <laughs> um you know
0: you're a wonderful person struggles let's not
1: hey i'm not saying i'm not <laughs> just being reality i mean it's just this is reality no
0: and and speaking of
1: i once w- read a reddit post and it scared it scared the poo out of me and it then they said everybody in my class we didn't match was morbidly obese oh man and i felt like that was a message for me um, but it's it's the, you know it's a it's a it's a bias people have right it's an unconscious bias oh for sure so you, of course it's in your it's head it's not
0: unconscious the <laughs> the academic, it's just a bias.
1: academic medicine even came out with with a, a study uh, that said for radiology applicants those who were perceived to have better facial attractiveness uh, received more in a fifty percent more interviews than those who were perceived to not have facial attractiveness yeah. so uh, that, it's that, a concern
0: that's that's. Probably across the board in for everything in everything, everything in life. Yeah, if you're applying for a job at Target, I get it. It's a consensus it. yes. that people like attractive people, whatever yes. attractive means to you. But yes, that's just yeah, that's just one of the unfortunate things of life that may not be fair.
1: Eh, what are you gonna do?
0: But I feel like maybe in this process it counts less.
1: Who knows? Maybe I, I think, maybe it I think does. it's specialty dependent. Sure. I think it's specialty dependent. Like
0: derm, you got to be pretty attractive to match derm, no?
1: You know what? I was thinking something more like surgery. Oh. Right? They tend to be a little bit more judgy.
0: For sure judgy.
1: Yeah, like how many times, and this might be bad, have you seen a patient on the table who might be a little overweight and people in the OR say something?
0: 100% of the time. Yeah. Well, no.
1: They say something. They say, well, whoa, jeez. Whoa, whoa. I, I
0: don't know that I like give it a over 50 50- like percent chance mm-hmm. of happening, but like if and when it happens, I'm not surprised because it happens so much. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's just a way of coping. A lot of dark humor, especially in the ER. Yeah. At the expense of the patient, but like, who else are we gonna make fun of? Yeah. Not it, saying that I've ever done that. Each other. Yeah, for sure. I love well, making
1: fun of physicians, med students. It's my favorite thing to we're
0: do. Really easy to make fun of. We I should be.
1: I think we're just a bunch of stomping toddlers.
0: Uh, I don't, I mean, (laughs) I like to think of myself as not a stomping toddler.
1: There's exceptions, you know, but there's general.
0: Toddlery?
1: Behavior. Yeah, Yeah.
0: for sure. So we're kind of talking about uh, our anxieties with the the process. So let's just talk about a little bit of a. where we're at now.
1: Okay, so we did our interviews, right? We finished them up. When did you finish up your interviews?
0: I've been done for a while. I feel like three weeks at this point. Okay. I did my last one, but before that, it had also been like a couple weeks or so, so I feel like I've been done for a while.
1: Same for me. I finished the bulk. I finished nearly all my interviews except one by the first week of December. Then I had my last interview in the middle of February, Yep. which is like the very last minute to have an interview. Um And I'm done now, and it's relieving, and what, we've certified our rank lists.
0: Yeah, so just like a little overview of the process. We touched a little bit on it last time. We applied to residency at the beginning of our fourth year, our final year of medical school in September. Interviews started rolling in, like, I mean, some immediately, but late October, early November, I think the bulk came in for most people. Interviews started around November through January for most people mine were Um,
1: end of october
0: yeah end of sorry yeah end of october through end of january for most people Mm -hmm. and then i also had one early february as well Um, but by the end of february interviews are done and on march 2nd i believe is the date
1: Mm -hmm. that's tomorrow
0: we have to um, certify our rank list so for those of you who don't know basically um, i said earlier i interviewed at 15 programs i have to take those 15 programs go on a website and I have to order them 1 through 15 in order of descending preference.
1: Or you can order them 1 through 12 if you hated three of them. You don't have to rank well, all of them.
0: That's true. You don't, you're don't. you not obligated to rank any of them, but it is. Uh, it behooves you, if that's the word, to rank as many as you uh, can see yourself practicing at because if you end up not matching to one of those places, you have to go through something called the soap where you basically scramble to find any available position anywhere in the country in any specialty
1: fun fact it used to be called the scramble and
0: that was too concerning disconcerting yes, yes. so on march 2nd that is the last day that we can certify or confirm and submit our list and not be able to edit it anymore which is tomorrow now it's
1: tomorrow so yeah. we rank 1 through 15 and the programs rank say you know a program interviewed 300 people. They're going to rank those people 1 through 300 for their 15 spots. Um, then we both submit our list. And then there's a computer algorithm. Actually, the creators of it, uh, they won a Nobel Prize for this algorithm. And it matches you with a single program. And, and it's supposed to be applicant favored, right?
0: We can talk a little bit about how this process works. I will. And, like, and there is a uh, disclaimer I want to put out here. If you're using this for like actual advice on how to rank and how to like how the match works, don't. You can go on the NRMP's website and watch their YouTube videos and read their forms and read exactly how the match works. But this is our summary because there is a lot of confusion about how the match works. Even just a couple months before uh, applying, me and my classmates were sitting around trying to figure out how it works. And there's a lot of confusion. So,
1: I don't think there's that much confusion. I think there is. I think maybe you're just dumb.
0: <laughs> well, I am dumb. <laughs> but for sure there is because
1: No, I'm I'm kidding.
0: So there's um so one of the big things people do is they think like, "Oh, Uh, Maybe I can game the match by, like, putting some less competitive programs first or, like, putting a place I don't really want to go first above the second place I really want to go because I have a better chance of matching my number two than my number one.
1: How does that make sense?
0: I've heard that before.
1: Well, maybe. hmm. So. Maybe those people shouldn't be matching. You're
0: you're right. (laughs) Um, So your number one program, the algorithm tries to match you to that program. And you will match to that program. If, like, let's say nobody else puts it number one, you're going to match there, regardless of what the program thinks of you. Right. Unless they didn't rank you at all because you were that bad.
1: Right. Say they have 15 spots and they rank you number 16, but, you know, whomever they rank number 12 was like, Nah, I don't want to go here. You get bumped up to spot number 15 and you're going to match there.
0: Yeah. So the algorithm will place you in your highest ranked spot. That is absolutely possible. And... It does work out in your favor in that it, it does favor the applicant over the program. So whatever I put as my number one, it's going to make me match there unless all the other people that ranked at number one were ranked higher than me um, and fill all the spots before a spot is available for me. In that case, I'll move down to my number two. And the algorithm will then be like, well, this applicant didn't match as number one. So this number two spot is now considered like my number one. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't – so let's say you have like three extremely competitive programs at the very top. That's fine. You can put them at the very top if you want to go there. And even if you don't match to those, it's not going to hurt you um, where your number four program would have been like your number one. So you basically just truly put your preferences in order, and the algorithm does the rest. That's the summary.
1: Not too hard to understand. There's no way
0: to game it. No.
1: No. But, yeah, in an, the NRMP website is a fantastic resource. They have a really neat uh, video animation um, about how it works. Um, so we've submitted our list. We have them certified, and we just wait now at this point.
0: And it it's the worst.
1: It is. It's, um,
0: Maybe it's better for some people. Yeah. And like, we're handling it fine, and I'm being a little dramatic by saying it's the worst, it's just a weird feeling. And, like, I don't really know too many other comparable f- situations where you could be – it's more about, like, where you're going to live, I feel like, and where you're going to train. Yeah,
1: that causes a lot of anxiety, not just for you and I, but for our spouses. They are also in this state of flux. I like, say more how so for our spouses. Yeah, because how do – you know my husband like he's got to you know find a job in in one of those places or just stay in this place it's it's a it's a state of flux which and i think is uncomfortable
0: yeah and it's one thing if like your job is i don't know is able to be transported like my wife works remote so like it's a little less stressful your husband's a professional that has like a very specialized job so it's it's not as easy just to like pick up and move in 2 months notice to one of a lot of different places Mm -hmm. and I think it's just it's just weird
1: Mm -hmm. it's weird and it's it's uncertainty and you want to be excited but you know and I I imagine for single people maybe they are excited the possibilities oh my gosh where am I gonna go is this start but I think for us um my case in particular like it's very anxiety inducing yeah. we own a home here <laughs> we you know there's so much that's going into it it's like okay you have to plan to pack to move to sell to not sell find renters what do you do and it's uh you only get what two months to do it so yeah. that's the scary part versus you know i've been sitting doing nothing i've been finished with most of my interviews since december it feels like a very unnecessarily <laughs> protracted uh, it is prolonged. it is unnecessarily experience. protracted yeah it's very annoying
0: Yeah. But um, also,
1: at the same time, probably one of the most exciting things you can go through. You know, and it's also one of those very rare things that only a certain subset of the population gets to go through. It's pretty neat.
0: I mean, we're talking specifically about like the negatives of it, but yeah, if we're talking about overall, yeah, it's incredibly exciting. I mean, on March 18th, it's match day, and I guess we're kind of just doing these little summaries for those of you who don't know what these terms are. But most of you probably do. Match day is. You know a,
1: what? A lot of M ones don't know this stuff. You're right, and M2s, so, so uh, that's why I feel yeah. the need
0: to explain it anyways. Yeah. Match day is a specific day. It's usually, I don't know if it's March 18th every year. It's the. It wouldn't the be. Friday
1: March The Friday of the third week of March. It's
0: always on a Friday. Yeah. Well, let, let me let me back up even more. So there is match week, which begins with a Monday in March.
1: So we have less than two weeks. To know that we've matched. That's correct. So on that Monday morning, we get an email, and what does the email say, Mitch? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, I haven't seen it yet, but the email should say, "Congratulations, you have matched." Okay. And what... or,
1: "Congratulations, you have not matched."
0: <laughs> let's let's uh, let's be positive here. It says, "Congratulations, Thanks. you have matched." Okay. And what that means is you have successfully been matched to one of the places that you ranked on your rank list. Okay. And it does not tell you which one.
1: Oh, dun-dun-dun. That sucks. Until? Friday. Then you have four, wait, three, wait, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three agonizing days.
0: For no reason. For
1: no reason. No, there's a reason, and I'll tell you what the reason is.
0: Well, I don't know it, so.
1: Here's the reason. The reason is, is those who did not match need to then go through a process called SOAP where they, you get the email at 9 a.m. saying you matched or didn't, and then at 10 a.m., all those unfilled spots open up for you to apply to, and you go through several rounds. This year it's going to be four rounds of soap. It's you applying, and the program reaches out to you, and you do a quick phone interview, and that's you get an offer. You could get multiple offers and you could choose your offer. And that takes about three days. And then on Thursday, it closes and they know where they've gone. So that's why you wait till Friday so we can all do the match ceremony together.
0: Fair enough. All right. Well, you wait three days. Yeah. And then what I was getting to is match day. Mm-hmm. So that is the Friday of match week. It is um, a day around the entire country. I don't know how it works outside of the US. I assume maybe it's similar in Canada and potentially other countries, but Let's just talk about the U.S. for sure, because that's where we live. Yeah. Match day is the Friday, and basically all around the country. Well,
1: wait. We should say anybody who's participating in the NRMP match, no matter what country they're in, will have it. This is going to be their schedule.
0: That's true, because there's people from outside of the country. Correct. But this is for U.S. medical residency programs.
1: Yes, but they're applying to – so this is how it's going to go. If you're if you're submitting your list to NRMP and you've applied through ERAS, you're trying to come to America. This is this is a schedule for you.
0: So basically, around noon, everybody is having a celebration or a gathering. At That's their school. noon
1: Eastern time.
0: <laughs> noon Eastern time. Uh, everyone finds out where they matched. Uh, at pretty much exactly the same time. Your school will have a uh, usually an envelope for you where you open it up and see where you matched. You'll also get an email shortly after that. Uh, confirms where you matched at. And where you match is, to my understanding, a binding contract uh, where you cannot back out of it. Your
1: rank list is a binding contract, 1 through fifteen, one through 12. By
0: participating in the match, you're agreeing that where I do match is where I will practice. Mm -hmm. And by saying no, you're basically barring yourself from ever matching again if you were to do that, which you wouldn't.
1: Right, no, that's why it's very important when you submit the list. You have to see yourself at the place, like Mitch said.
0: Yeah, so it is a really exciting time and a really nerve-wracking time, like we said. Um, I think once we actually open up the place or open up the envelope, see where we matched, you kind of immediately envision yourself there, and once the initial shock wears off, it's going to be... Incredibly exciting, because that is the culmination of all the work you did.
1: I feel like it's more important than graduation.
0: Oh, for sure it is. Yeah. Like, I mean, not that graduation's important not important, not to undermine getting your MD degree or your DO degree or whatever. It's just, when you match, it's almost like graduating, because Mm -hmm. you just basically got a job offer to be a doctor at a hospital.
1: And it's a second chance, a a, a fresh start at starting over good again. Another fresh start. (laughs) Yeah, another fresh start.
0: Yeah, um, so it is very exciting, uh, but very nerve-wracking.
1: So I want to ask you a couple questions about your interviews. Okay. Um, Like you said, you went on 15 interviews. Question for you. Mm -hmm. Did you like them all?
0: (laughs) Did I like them all? Uh, Since this is semi-anonymous and we haven't said any programs that we're interviewing at or anything, uh, no. Okay. But... (laughs) i didn't no (laughs) i didn't
1: but you ranked them all
0: yeah yeah and and i say that jokingly like Mm -hmm. sure i liked them all did i like them all equally of course not which is why we have the ranking but um i was uh i think they were all pleasant i should say and most of them i really liked
1: Um, so no weird questions you didn't get any weird questions from anybody
0: Definitely didn't get any weird questions like that stuck out to me. Um, but I did have a couple uncomfortable interviews. Uh, I remember most of them honestly were really, really relaxed. Like, just almost like you were just chatting with somebody, um, you know, informally. Like they would just kind of make a little joke and lighten the lighten the tension. And you guys would just talk about random stuff on your application or about the area or the program and just shoot questions back and forth. And it was really relaxed. But um, I had a couple that were, like, super formal where they just would drill me with questions the whole time mm. in a very, like, da-da-da-da-da, just Ew. very organized manner. Not that they weren't being, like, disrespectful or anything, no. but it was very, like, rapid fire. Yeah. And then the other end of the spectrum, I had one interview where – you ever have any interviews where the camera was off for the other no. person? Oh, well, I did. Oh, no, that's weird. <laughs> it's very weird because yours is on. Called, yeah, that's – Yours is on. Who are you talking to? Because, like, what are you going to do, turn yours off? Yeah. No, you're the interviewee, How so – yeah, and you're just staring at a black screen with the person's name, and uh. you don't know which letter to look at because, like, you have to look at something, right? You can't just, like, look around. Ooh, yeah, that was hard. Yeah. Um, they're just they're just a voice. I'd rather just be on the phone. Yeah. Because then no one's looking at you, but you know they're watching you. So no no weird questions, but that was weird. How about okay. you? What was, any I think you said, like,
1: yeah, well, like, not weird, but maybe weird. I don't, well... Maybe aggressive. Though so I had one chief resident just just blurt out, why should I pick you? And I didn't have a good answer for that. <laughs> I didn't have a good answer at all. In fact, I said, well, geez, you know, um, there's really no difference between me and everybody else you're interviewing here today, <laughs> today in terms of, like, what you're going to get. Like, you, you know, I'm going to see patients. I'm going to write notes. I'm going to come up with treatment plans and, and uh, you know, present them. Like, I, I'm pretty sure we're all going to do that in this room. So I don't know what you want me to tell you. Um, it's always a hard question for me. I, well, thankfully, I only had that question once. Um and then I had one one person in an interview uh said you know he said you're you're an older lady um <laughs> you're an older lady <laughs> yes. uh you seem like you're bossy do you get bossy because you're an older lady and I said
0: oh <laughs> what well, all said, right that's a little disrespectful <laughs> I
1: said no and no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I tried not to. Um, so suffice to say, those programs didn't go on the rank list. Um, but, uh, which, you know.
0: Oh, I do remember the most awkward experience. Way more awkward than the black screen uh, talking to nothing. So, at one of my interviews... Um, We have like, you know, there's a little intro sessions where various people will come in with like the whole group of applicants and they'll talk to you about the program or Mm -hmm. whether it's like the admissions coordinator or program coordinator or the program director. Somebody will come talk to the whole group. Somebody came and talked to the whole group and they were talking about the program. But to start it off, they were like, all right, so I'd like to go around the room and introduce and have everybody introduce themselves, which is like, all right, fair. That happens at a lot of them. But they said, I want you to introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, what you're interested in, and tell me specifically why you applied to our program. Oh, nice. And there's, like, 15 of us. So, like, every time someone goes, that's crossing off one thing you can say Dang. that so would get you last, by that question. And I was last. Oof,
1: I would say I was sec- all of the I think was above. second to
0: last. Oh, man. Yeah, I said something generic like, uh, oh, yeah, pretty much summed up <laughs> what everybody else said, you know. <laughs> and I, like, named off a couple of things, but... That's such a weird thing to ask a group of people to do in a row. That's like a normal one on one question, but not like you know it was it felt horrible,
1: yeah, I would I actually I would feel solace in being the last one to go
0: because like Pressure's everyone off. knows it's harder
1: everybody knows it's harder. so tell me this, answer me this what is what are your thoughts on the the controversial resident social zoom the night before the interview?
0: um are they controversial
1: well. Yes,
0: I mean, I d- according I am...
1: to Reddit posts, yes, because oh. uh, it's a lot of people just staring at each other, all asking the same questions. Well, okay, so unless you interview at a place that does something fun,
0: okay, so I'll try to like summarize my experiences with the resident meet and greets. So again, for those of you that don't know, typically the night before an interview, especially when everything was in person, there's usually a. Uh, they call it like a social or a dinner, mm-hmm. uh, an interview dinner, I think is typically what they're called. Yep. And the night before you go out to dinner at either a restaurant or a nice bar, food's catered, like usually they'll pay for your drinks and like you have a couple drinks, you have some nice food and you talk with the residents in like an informal setting. You don't suit up, like you just wear normal going out clothes and it's like a fun time. kind of breaks the tension for the next day and that's like a, a standard across the country. Well, <laughs> now that we're in, <laughs> zoom land it's a virtual interview meet and greet the night before and i will say i had some really really nice ones mm-hmm. where people were just super welcoming like they immediately broke the ice of, like yeah i know it's on zoom like let's just get that out of the way it's a little awkward but they were super friendly they like actually seemed like they enjoyed their program they told you like straight up the stuff they didn't really like about their program but like also listed all the positives um i had one Program that, like, it was very organized. Like, you came in, they had a quick, like, um, you know, overview of the program from, like, the residents' perspective. And they actually broke us into breakout rooms to, like, by subject. So, like, when you came in the breakout room, like, you knew you were gonna talk with the residents in that room for, like, five, 10 minutes about, like, living expenses or, like, housing. The next one was about, like, stuff to do. So, like, you already had a theme to talk about. That was really nice. And it was only an hour, but it was super efficient. And I feel like I got a lot out of it. On the other hand, or the other end of the spectrum like we had one where at the beginning of the um meet and greet with like 20 or 30 of us like everyone had to introduce themselves like why what's the point of that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that spent like that was like 10 minutes yeah for what reason we're not going to know anyone at the end of the day that's true like applicants not the residents so Uh, so yeah uh i had highs and lows what about you
1: same uh i like the different room ones and we had a few of those We have the awkward ones where everybody's like, so do you have any any questions for us? And then, like, the (laughs) candidates start asking about, tell me about your research opportunities. Like, the questions you should be saving for interview day instead of, like, let's ask the real stuff. Let's talk about the food. Let's talk about whether or not you get to wear scrubs on the floors. Those are important questions that you want to ask the residents, right? Um, But uh, people don't. What's
0: the EMR like? Are the chairs comfortable? Yeah. Do you guys have more than one monitor to do your notes on? Do
1: you have enough chairs? Do you
0: have windows?
1: Yeah. Oh, windows very important. Are
0: they paying for your food?
1: That's all very important things. And
0: like, dude, I got I got the advice before interviews even started from people oh don't care about stuff like food and benefits and stuff dude screw that man it's a job and you're there every single day six days a week some places 12 days in a row two off like mm-hmm. I kind of do care about like what's the food like what's the chairs like you know yeah
1: it doesn't like it won't make or break a place but it right. might move a place from number seven to number six you just you know because al- that point it's also just like yeah. I'd
0: like to know that stuff before I show up there and I'm like oh good yeah. to know that
1: that's super important I had one meet and greet, which was actually creative, I actually did fun things like scavenger hunts and trivias. And it was fun. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Shout out to that program. program. The scavenger
0: hunt, like at first glance, I was like, oh, that sounds kind of no, bad. So but you said it actually sounded fun when so you described fun. it. So fun. So fun. What did you do?
1: We, so we had to create the list of things to find in the scavenger hunt as a group, and then we all had five minutes to run, on, run around our house and get those things. That sounds pretty fun. So it's things like, you know, some, show us something you want. Show us your ugliest piece of clothing. We have stuff to talk about. Correct. And you get to know a person because they're showing you their things. Mm-hmm. It's like show and tell. Um, so that place was great, and those residents were great. Um, all right. Question for you. Okay. Or do you have a question for me?
0: No, you can ask the question.
1: Question for you. How sad will you be if you don't get your number one choice?
0: Oh, man.
1: I know. I had to ask it, though. So
0: I have, like, I mean, you're, like, my homie. I got, like, three or four other homies in the class, like, where we just are. It's, like, free open exchange of information. We're talking about a <laughs> okay. rank list. Like, no no holds barred, you know? So, like, out of those people, I know that, like, all of us will be pretty dang bummed if we don't get our number one. Okay. And I think that's I think that's like pretty universal. Maybe there's people that are like super hyped about their one through whatever, whether that be like two, Locky. three, four, or five. I would be happy with my top three. I'd be stoked for my number one though. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna say I'd be bummed if I didn't get my number one because I won't. And I'm super thankful honestly to go to any of them. Some I would be like well, I would be bummed to go to, but that's just like more of a bummed in the moment disappointment. Bummed overall? No, I'm going to be a doctor in the U.S. That's kind of what we were talking about before uh, we even started recording. Like, at the end of the day, your life is going to be really good. Mm -hmm. So, like, you should be thankful. But at the same time, I feel like it's normal to be disappointed if you don't get what you expected.
1: Yeah, yeah. What about you? I don't know if I'll be bummed. I think they'll be bummed and at the same time, relief.
0: Oh, there's definitely going to be relief no matter what, I feel like.
1: But, like, relief that, like, oh, okay, I don't have to make the big move or, you know, just, like, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very conflicted on it. I, I've gotten to the point to where I don't care. I, I would love to be at my number one choice. But, you know, if it doesn't happen, what are you going to do?
0: You're not going to do anything. You're going to yeah. go there. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to go I, to where you can match. Like,
1: at least I go somewhere. It's fine. So I think there's pluses and minuses at each of the place, places yeah. on my list well, um, until you get, like, below number 10, That's then. what,
0: and I only bring that up about like my conversations with like my, my three or four close friends, and in, in that, like it's not just us feeling this way; it's super universal, and that everyone's nervous. Everyone really wants to go to that one or two places because, and and when I was talking to my buddy about this, I think the reason for that is because, like naturally, you kind of envision what the future is going to look like in residency, and you kind of just like think about it from time to time. And, like, for me, I always envision just what it would be like being at my number one. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just kind of the place I see myself or I, I want to see myself, which is why it is my number one. So I haven't really thought about, like, too much what it would be like being at the other places.
1: So you're seeing your whole time in med school, your number one has d- been this place?
0: Oh, no, I don't mean like that. No, okay. I just mean, like, since since, s- since interviewed. I interviewed there and I was like, wow, this is the spot for me. Okay. Since then, when I'm, like, thinking about graduating and going on and, like, it's, I'm just thinking about being there.
1: When you envision the future, um, like in your mind, um, do you play a movie of things, like does a movie play in your head where you see yourself moving around, walking down the hallways?
0: I guess it's, no.
1: No. <laughs> Not, <laughs> like it does do sound see, a little weird you when see I say. Do words? No, no, this is, just, this no, is, definitely, this is like an, ex- like this is a good question. Yeah, this has yeah, nothing like to do. Yeah, how do you
0: dream or like how do you daydream? Yeah, how do
1: you, how do you see things? Like do you see it as a moving, like as a picture, as a moving picture, like a movie yes. or is it an idea? It's not just,
0: like, an abstract words. word. It's okay. not, like, just words. No, I definitely, like, see pictures. You play out the There's movie. There's visuals to it. Yeah, sure.
1: Or is it just, like, a bunch of random pictures?
0: Yeah, it's definitely not, like, playing out movie. Like, going through, a like, movie. a photo book. I'm not, like, rounding in my head.
1: No, so you, you don't imagine yourself walking through the halls. No, and, it's more, I
0: think, you know, a good, bringing I mean,
1: home your son, you know. I can't, like, speak
0: intelligently like, about something God. so deep, but, like... It's more of just a feeling. I feel like with, oh, inters- this is with like interspersed pictures of like.
1: So it's like a like a photo album.
0: Visuals. Yeah, I guess. It's like but when it's more you about know, like when, when
1: Apple Photos makes you a photo album based off your photos and then puts a song to it. Is it like that? Yeah, for sure. Is it also the Toy Story song? You got a friend and me. <laughs> <It's> the, <laughs> no.
0: I I mostly just think about like match day, just opening the envelope and seeing my number one place, and that like just feeling really nice.
1: Is when you see that and when you see the picture or the moving picture is it in black and white or color
0: <laughs> it's in color okay <laughs> <laughs> how many colors like how vivid <laughs> no it's it's more just a feeling of uh, of Hoping your expectations are met.
1: Let's talk about statistics for people, because even if if somebody's listening to this now, or if they're going to listen to it next year as they're preparing their application, um, let's talk about the statistics. Because I'm a big numbers person, and okay. I use them to sort of calm my anxieties. You know, I like using practice test scores to say, like, okay, I might get like this you know within this range. Yes, that numbers are very important to me. So. What is the percentage uh, per the uh, in an in, in RMP, you know, statistics which they release every year? Yeah. What percentage of, of, of USMDs get their number one spot?
0: So I don't have the PDF pulled up, but there is a PDF you can look up with the match data. It's
1: forty six percent. Okay. <laughs> you get number one. I thought it was like forty two
0: point something, but it's, it's, it's in the forties
1: for USMDs. It's in the forties.
0: So yeah, in the forties. The percentage of USMD students that match to their number one is in the 40s somewhere. Mm-hmm. The exact percentage is online.
1: And that's all specialties.
0: Yeah. Internal medicine, probably a little higher than the average.
1: I would think. Or
0: around it. I
1: have no idea. I'm going to say I would think. But I don't know that because that, that, that study hasn't been done.
0: So if you look at the math statistics, they give you both a pie chart and actual numbers. And they tell you the percentage percentage. Uh, that people get their first, second, third choice, and I think like fourth and beyond is like mm-hmm. the other stat they give you. I think for your top three, it's, and I'm guesstimating based on what I remember, it's like 60 to 70%-ish. 76. Ish, 76%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in the 70s, as far as the percentage chance of you matching to your top three, across the board, mm-hmm. all specialties for USMD. And there's also a USDO column as well. Correct. We just haven't really looked at that because it doesn't really apply to us. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, there's a good chance that you will match to one of your top three, which is, you know, comforting, comforting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's all you can do is take comfort in those numbers.
0: So maybe enough about the match for now. Okay. Let's get back to reality. What are we doing with our lives right now? Okay. Because matches isn't for another two weeks and some change.
1: Well, I've gotten together with a friend of mine that I met in med school. He's a pretty cool dude. And we started making this podcast.
0: (laughs) Sounds pretty sick.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's called sink or swim. Okay. Um, What other things have I done? I just finished last week my last rotation in med school. I did a psychiatry rotation. Um, You know, everybody knows psychiatry rotations are pretty laid back.
0: I have a question for you. Yeah. So we did psychiatry together. Yes. As a third year. Yes. Um, Let's talk about it. How was yeah. this rotation compared to that? Was it exactly the same, similar, different? Is at the same place, correct?
1: Yes, yeah, same place.
0: But you're a fourth year now. Yes. So did that change anything significantly or not really?
1: Well, you know, I've always had that fourth year sort of attitude. So
0: <laughs> Fourth year energy even <laughs> yeah. as a third year?
1: Yes, constantly seeking discharge from the hospital. Um, so that didn't change about me. Yeah. Um, of course, as a fourth year, you can be a little bit, well, I'm not going to promote this, but generally, you, you, everybody knows that, what do they call it, the, the senioritis that you get you know, when you're a fourth year, you kind of always want it's to kind of like an unwritten law. Yeah, you kind of have to be lazy. And your job is to make the third years look good. Um, and the fourth years where they're on addition rotations. You, your, your job, my job, was to make them look good. Um,
0: you're the rotation wingman, if you will. Yeah. I definitely helped out the third years whenever I could towards the end of... Well, when I was a fourth year for those couple rotations, mm-hmm. yeah, I was helping out the third years whenever possible.
1: Yeah, that's your job or if they're fourth years from a different school on on, a, on an audition rotation. Yep. Um and you get those a lot at least where we're at. Um so I liked it I like so there's parts I liked better. I I uh the residents at this place are fantastic. They, they pick a good group of people, so it's always nice to, to to sit around with them and get to know them. I think I liked it better this time around because there was an extra unit open that we were able to go to, which was a very calm oh. unit, geriatric unit, which you did not get to experience when yeah, you that's were there. cool,
0: and you like geriatrics.
1: Yeah, but more mm-hmm. so than it being just geriatric patients, it was actually your, your pleasantly psychotic patients, the nonviolence. Mm. So you probably would have enjoyed that. Because um, you remember that. The the impatient psych unit can be get it can be it can get a little um uh Dicey. Uh, dicey. <laughs> yeah, to say <laughs> to to say the least. Yeah, it gets a little dicey. Yeah. You kinda you're on alert at all the times. A little hairy yeah. So that part well. That part makes me uncomfortable, so I was, like, volunteering to do consult, liaison, medicine, just to keep my medicine brain sharp, which I did a lot of that.
0: I liked consult.
1: Yeah, I did most of my time on consults. I spent half my time doing that. One week on the hardcore unit, two weeks on consults, and then one week on the soft core unit. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I I, think you would have liked
0: it. I just didn't really like psych in general, but I did like consult week. And I still think I would have liked outpatient psychiatry. Yeah. um, Which I feel like consult is similar to what you would get in that you're just seeing a person with a problem that in this uh, in this case like with consult the doctor was like hey this person could benefit from a psych consult mm-hmm. versus outpatient a patient comes to you and is like hey i could benefit from psych yes so i don't know I, I think i would have enjoyed that but i would just treating acutely ill psychotically ill patients not psychotic all of them but just treating acutely psychiatrically ill patients is not for me
1: yeah, I think the experience you got was a little, you know, they were very acutely ill.
0: Yeah, and like um, it sucks. Because you're talking
1: like a high acuity site inpatient psych unit, you know, in Miami.
0: Not to disparage it's, that at all. Like people no. do get very sick psychiatrically. Yeah, and,
1: and I'm glad they have a place to go.
0: Yeah, I just, I don't feel like I'm good at it.
1: No, it takes us you have to be built for it.
0: Yeah, I agree. And the people it, there were built for it.
1: They're they're doing residency now. Yeah. But you have to have an extreme amount of, of emotional resilience to be able to do that work. And
0: I feel like I might – I do have that in certain aspects of medicine, but that particularly was not a good spot for me.
1: And that's good. That's good. That means that rotation did its job. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, it did its job. It did
1: its job of saying this isn't for me. And That's good. They wouldn't want anybody there that, that it wasn't for.
0: Semi-related. Yes. Uh, but not really. Yes. On my OBGYN rotation, the first time <laughs> I saw a C-section – uh, well, this is also the first time I saw a baby be born, like up yeah. close and personal. Me too. Uh, I felt really weird for the rest of the whole day.
1: It messes you up. Yeah. It's violent.
0: Like, it wasn't traumatizing. I'm not going to say that, but it definitely screwed me up in some way. I don't even know how to describe it.
1: It's violent it's carnage you're 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 laying witness to carnage you have a person laying on the table who's awake yeah you are opening their body you're so setting re- their guts aside you are opening up an organ you are pulling out a human being that human being is going somewhere to be wiped off and then you're stuffing guts back inside so person something the person's still laying awake on the table and they can feel their body being tugged at. And they can hear their kid crying for them. It's super surreal. It's And it, there is a level of carnage and violence to that. that
0: incredibly it, unnatural.
1: Sure. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> glad that, it exists. Yeah, I'm
0: not saying that it was a bad thing. Like, especially in that case, I remember specifically they needed a C-section. Mm-hmm. But just, it's very... Unnatural and unnerving. It's fast
1: too. It's not like when you're in oh, surgery yeah. when it's everything like is methodical, laid out. You got the square with the blue paper and you, you're going, you know where you're, they're going to make their cut. It's very planned. A C section can go one way or another and they got to be quick. They got to get that baby out. They got to pull it out. Stuff is flying. Wet stuff's getting on your face. Like it is, you, like I was always anti wearing booties, not, but not after my, my, um, my OB rotation you, you, you everything gets everywhere um I think it's just you are seeing carnage mm. you are seeing the disembowelment of a human being <laughs> on a table yeah
0: yeah Th- thanks for explaining why I was traumatized that's
1: y- <laughs>
0: not traumatized
1: it's okay if you were it, I really I wasn't the like actually was did its job
0: it's just I was so weirded out by it Again. More power to the OBGYNs like, of this world and yeah. the psychiatrists of this world. Bless them. <laughs> Amen.
1: That's how I have felt when I went on my PEDS rotation. This is not for me.
0: So, what are we doing right now? Okay, <laughs> Back to yeah. what we were talking about <laughs> as I revisit third oh, year.
1: So, yeah, psychiatry, I just finished that up, had a great time. You know, you know me, so you know I really liked psych, and yeah. I was thinking, which one do I do? Do I do IM? Do I do psych? Do really I do both? IM. Me too. Me, too. And I saw the attendings that I worked with last year. They said, why would you end up picking I am and not psych? I said, well, I loved IM." am. And he goes, well, there's your answer. Psychiatrists we hate I am. Of course, he was generalizing. But
0: I think that was similar for me because you I mean, you probably weren't as uh, undecided as I was.
1: No. As soon as I left my IM clerkship, I knew I am was probably going to be the thing I was going to do. And I kept an open mind on everything else, but nothing was I am. Nothing can yeah. compare.
0: I mean, same with me. And but something you said reminded me of this specifically. It was that um, when you said psychiatrists hate I am, and like, so that makes sense to you chose I am, EM docs don't really like I am either, generally mm. speaking. And I really like both, but I like I am more. Okay. And I think all my EM colleagues or the people I met, like, we had a lot of overlap in the stuff we liked, but I feel like I remember I had a patient on my EMOA way and uh, it was newly diagnosed diabetes. Like she, we diagnosed her with diabetes and she was in mild DKA and she needed to be admitted. And I was like, I was like trying to figure out, like, all right, let's start her on insulin. Let's like figure out the dosage and like just start her on insulin right now. And the, <laughs> the ER team was basically like I don't want to start on insulin like that's hard Like I, not that they couldn't do it. it's just like we have to do calculations like I don't want to do that like let's that's just wait till, I am let's four. just wait till she gets admitted basically and I'm like that just that's not right like this person needs insulin like we're not gonna wait or we shouldn't wait hours just because it's hard she needs insulin now so let's give her insulin now and I think that was one of the moments where I was like I care more about like what's gonna actually happen to this lady beyond just we figured out what the problem was we need we know we need to admit her let's go see that next patient which is em Mm -hmm. and i'm not disparaging em i love em and i love aspects of it but like that's where it fell short for me and i think that's where psych fell short for you Mm -hmm. um so yeah you
1: wanted to see the ending of the story yeah you wanted to follow through yep so you made a good choice i'm
0: glad we both made a good choice um, as far as what I'm doing right now, yeah, well, what like, are you well doing? why don't you, you tell finish me. up? Why, what are you doing other than just psych? Because you're done with psych. Like, what are you doing to, to pass the time right now?
1: Well, you know, I'm on admissions committee yep. here at the school. You're being productive. I um, love admissions committee, which is, we can have a whole other podcast about that sure. if people have admissions questions. I think it's fascinating. I think it changes lives and, and it's super meaningful work for me.
0: Sure. I'm, I'm glad it is.
1: I absolutely love it. Um, I see you at the, at the, um, Interview days, yeah, doing I mean, the lunch panels, telling people the, the student's perspective.
0: That's my way of being involved with it. Because, I, I, I mean, I also think that admissions is, incre- like, extremely important. It does change your life for sure. Um, you have
1: the ability to change someone's life when yeah, they get into it's, med school. it's important. It's super important. And it's not for everybody, right? For, for most of your applicants, they are a certain type. You know, that's how it is. You get those few applicants where you this acceptance is changing their life in terms of like it's breaking their social, um, the their social reproduction of their, you know, status socioeconomic status like that's a big deal. That's Change. a it's a big deal. Yeah, you're taking them out of one, you know, rung of society, and they're going to another. It's not all you, but it's them. That's the work they did. But being a part of that, being a witness to that, is rare, um, and really cool.
0: I agree and that's I have a similar passion for like just teaching like everything you said I feel the same about teaching like when you can explain something to somebody and you see that that click of like they finally understand that knowledge and like now you know they're going to keep that with them forever or at least they'll have that to build on I think it's really cool and that's
1: why you are uh, what are you doing right now You're teaching people.
0: Kind of. What are you doing? Well, I'm I'm tutoring a little bit. So as far as like what I'm doing to Mm -hmm. pass the time, I'm tutoring a little bit for Step 2. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just doing it on my own. I didn't want to work for a big company.
1: Go ahead and email him if you uh... (laughs) –
0: Please don't. No, (laughs) You can if you want to, for sure. Um, I'm I'm tutoring a little bit. That's been fun. It's been nice just to kind of – Proved to myself that I remember some stuff from school. I actually did learn a few things. Helps you
1: retain your information. Helps me retain a Best few things. way to retain retain your information is to teach it.
0: Absolutely agreed. Um, but what am I doing? That's just a minority of my time. What okay. I'm actually doing most of the time. Playing video games. I'm playing video games. Oh, how Let original. Me a
1: med student who plays video oh, games.
0: Sam doesn't play video games like at all. Well, I play lady. a lot of video games. We. This is a point of... Uh,
1: it's just a it's different interest. It's a point
0: interest. of for us. I'm it playing... doesn't
1: mean we don't get along. I actually oh, appreciate no. that you play video You're my games. Homie. You're always trying.
0: I'm playing Elden Ring right now. It's yeah. amazing. She doesn't even know what that is. Um, hmm. But yeah, I'm playing a lot of video games. Nerd alert. I'm lifting weights. Yeah. And I'm just buying time. Nice. That's really it.
1: I did recently become a member of the um, the Peloton cult. Um, I'm completely brainwashed. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I love it. This is not sponsored by Peloton, but I, I got to tell you how much I absolutely love that bike okay. and those coaches, and I've been doing that a lot.
0: Would you say it's changing your life?
1: Absolutely.
0: I have gotten into cycling, too. I'm not good at it. Marissa really loves it. You don't
1: have to be good at it. It's not about being good at it. It's just enjoying your time.
0: Yeah. It's good cardio.
1: It's good coaching, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's fun. It's very positive. We're not sponsored. <laughs>
1: now, hashtag not sponsored, but not I, a, I love them. Yeah. I absolutely love them. I, I I do not own stock in them or anything.
0: If you did, <laughs> it's not great right now. It's my understanding.
1: Um, But no, they are seriously amazing. And if you guys are thinking about a way to... <laughs> okay. no, no, this is definitely no, turning no. into an ad. If you want to stay in shape while you're a resident, <laughs> like, I, I can't think of a more better way. It's 30 minutes. It's 20 minutes. Real quick exercise at home. It's all there. I just you know. All right, I'm done plugging Peloton. <laughs> for Peloton plugging is them. great.
0: I wish we got paid. What is all right? So let's kind of kind of wrap this up. We no
1: no no. We have one more thing that we're up to. Well, I'm not starting like... next week though. Oh. Right. What are we doing next week? This is important for right. NSUMD students who are going to be going walking this path next year, the year after.
0: So I have finished all of my rotations. I didn't say either. I just finished an online rotation. Did some culinary in medicine.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. How was...
0: It was good. How you was know, that? We learned about... Taco we learned,
1: recipes. We talked different... about, like,
0: nutrition and, like, how you can actually apply it to, like, your patients and, like, what they should be eating and, like, how it affects certain conditions. It was good. It was a lot of good just, like, discussion around nutrition, which is something I really Would like. Would recommend? Yeah, sure. For sure, as a fourth-year class, it's very chill. Um, Not a ton of work. Like, there's some, but it's very manageable. It's just two weeks. Uh, I learned some stuff. It was a good time.
1: So, I am actually doing also another class, the medical legal professionalism class. Very nice. Which is uh, for the first time ever, for the first time ever, in NSU Law and NSU MD. We have a combined class, very interesting. It's once a week, it's online, it's about an hour and a half um, Wednesday nights. And uh, we talk about, you know, medical ethics. And I think that's really cool and very important to somebody who wants to be on a medical ethics board in a hospital one day in the future. I I love learning about this stuff.
0: Is that something you want to do? Oh, absolutely. Oh, cool. Good for you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds no, interesting. Cool. cool. Good for you. <laughs> cool. No, I, I, I like that stuff because I think you can make a lot of – you can – You can help a lot of people in that way, you know.
0: It's going to get done by someone one way or the other, so hopefully it's good people.
1: And usually the way it works for those committees is they're self-selected within the hospital, so it's somebody who wants to be there doing it, which I think is very important um, to think about those things, so, um, which we can talk about as a whole other episode about how most people just don't have plans for when that kind of stuff happens, so, uh, but, uh, yeah, I love the class. But it gives me a perspective of the law student. It's different.
0: It's definitely different. It's different. It's not the same.
1: No, is because it, when, when a lawyer is retained, they represent their person, their client. And it shouldn't be the same either. Right. So, you know, we also have discussion boards where they ask us some sort of ethical question. Med students answer it. Law students answer it. There's always a, a line drawn in the sand. The law students always answer one way. The med students always answer another way. And it's super interesting.
0: I have a question. Yeah. So this is for the wider audience that might be wondering, what are you doing to prepare for intern year, if anything? Do you need to do anything right now? I would argue no.
1: Okay, so I was thinking, we'll talk about this. I want to get your recommendation on this. But yes, I am preparing. I'm trying to do more cardio because um, I went on an interview when the PD told me I needed to uh, get in shape. Um, So... I don't think he's wrong. Um, you, you you do got to walk around a lot and walk upstairs and stuff.
0: Okay. So you're so, talking about like physical preparation, not yeah. mental. Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah, I need to be physically prepared, right? I think that's totally fair. So I've been riding my Peloton. Um, I was going to start going to the gym uh, tomorrow, the local, the school gym, because I know there's a big set of stairs. Mm. and i got to work on my stair steps. <laughs> so
0: you <laughs> go on the stairs to the gym, knocking yeah. out two birds with one stone.
1: Yeah, so I, I figured, you know, the, the, the NSU gym stairs are really long. They're yeah, they're, 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 huge. they're very steep, so I'm going to go up and down those and then go on the Stairmaster. Mm, that's um, a lot of stairs. Yeah, I need to because uh, I noticed during my uh, GI rotation they would just take the stairs. Man, they're obsessed
0: with taking the stairs, Yeah, right? from the
1: sixth floor all the way oh down to gosh. the first or, or sometimes or from the, the first nine? all the way to the sixth.
0: Yeah. Dude, the ninth sometimes. Oh. The ninth floor? Yeah, one time we hit a second to the ninth because you know you most of the stuffs on the no, second floor. that's
1: me going. I'll catch up with you later, but I don't want to be that person because then you they could hear me breathing. They're trying to round, <laughs> and it's like me like
0: <laughs> seven floors is a lot of stairs.
1: <laughs> you know, so I I'm trying to fix that the, the the mental part of it. Um, I was thinking about getting u-world, and I don't know if I should because. You know, I, I, for me, the best way to learn is through questions.
0: Yeah. But I feel like this is something that everybody at every stage inevitably wonders. Like, what should I do to prepare? And I think the general recommendation is, like, there's nothing you really can do. Like, just before med school, like, there's nothing to do. Like, you, you don't need to, like, pre-study or anything. You just kind of show up and do it. And the advice I've gotten from, like, my few resident friends is basically that. Like, yeah. sure, like, if it's the week or so beforehand and you want to, like, brush up on a couple things about, like, you know, The basics? For us,
1: we probably, since we're doing internal medicine, I think there are things that we should brush up on. Okay. Like, we should go in knowing about heart failure. Yeah? Like, what it is and how to treat it.
0: Yeah, but I think we already do. We should go,
1: but do we? Like, I mean, down to the, like, and then we should know about things like stroke and, like... DAPT and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we should know that.
0: I feel like um, we already know. So kind of, I st- need
1: to like brush up on it. Maybe it's just me. But
0: that's the thing. You know, I'm
1: mediocre. No, so you're not.
0: I think that we're gonna always feel like that, but I don't think that any amount of reviewing or previewing is gonna actually help us. And like depth for example, like you're gonna get your first like patient. I almost said platelet. You're gonna need your. You're gonna have your first <laughs> patient that uh, needs it, and you're gonna be like. I know about these drugs, but I've never prescribed them. I don't know anything about the dosages. And you're going to learn right then and there, and that's when you'll learn.
1: You know what I'm going to do? This isn't sponsored, but AMBOSS Clinical Version. Or what is it called? Yeah, the clinical. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that for clerkship year. It's really good. I've had it for clerkship year. Highly recommend to just keep with that subscription. Our school
0: provides it, so we've gotten to use it a lot. Oh, I've always been buying it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Our school recently started providing it. did they yeah, okay it's it's really good. Not
1: the clinical version though, right?
0: You just change a button. Oh
1: okay. yeah, okay. I um, will continue to use that
0: And so yeah, I guess maybe to wrap this up here, I'd like to end with if you can remember what maybe one of your favorite moments were in med school looking back, and then what would you have done differently, if anything at all?
1: I can't say I have a favorite moment.
0: Can I tell you mine and maybe you'll remember one?
1: Yeah, you go first.
0: All right. It's, it's a hard question. Because I feel no like problem. as
1: soon as you open your mouth, words come out so coherently.
0: Never heard that comment so, yeah. before, but thank you. So for me, I think the worst and best rotation was surgery for me. Mm, interesting. Just because it was the hardest, but it was also really fun for me. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the stuff I saw in that clerkship was just... I remember, like, helping with different surgeries and, like, actually being the first assist to the surgeon where, like, you're holding stuff and moving stuff aside for them. We did a – we did, like, a tumor removal of this this guy, like, a young guy with a duodenal tumor. Mm -hmm. And I remember just, like, looking down at whatever view we had, like, the surgeon had exposed. And you could see, like, the IVC – and like the biliary like area and the pancreas was like down there. Was and I the there? Duodenum. I was that like the you, one where they cut out that
1: real long nasty part of the intestine?
0: Probably. It was all red. Well, and angry. Did, yeah. 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 But I just remember that view. It was like looking inside of a netters, like the view you would get in a netters. It was really cool. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a surgeon, but I just yeah. remember saying like, "Oh, this is a really neat moment." And I remember the first time I saw an open heart surgery it was amazing.
1: I remember that day you were hanging so around sick. the room.
0: <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> I, I was that. i was hanging out with anesthesia looking over like the i knew the surgeon because i met her through like a different patient she was really cool and she let me come watch and i was just like with anesthesia looking over the the curtain and just seeing like the heart beating and like openly beating in someone's open chest that was just one of the coolest things i've ever seen Damn. so those are the two things that stick out
1: for med school
0: yeah like in yeah. the past few years like definitely had some awesome moments
1: yeah like uh. can't
0: relate. It's been pretty boring.
1: No, it hasn't been boring. Uh, you know.
0: I can tell you another one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> let me just let me just keep make my experience sound keep so tra- much cooler. Yeah, keep throwing them at me. The
0: first time I saw an EP study, like an electrophysiology study, mm-hmm. that was amazing. Yeah. Um, that's like probably what I want to do. Like okay. I know I want to do cardiology, but I think that's like for me. We'll see. Okay. But the first time I saw that where they're sticking catheters up in the heart and they're mapping the heart like in real time, three dimensionally. And like you're seeing the electricity like propagate through the heart on like this super high tech map. And there's like eight screens and you're looking at like surface EKG, like EKG inside the heart. You're looking at fluoroscopy. It's just like one of the most high tech and also hands on things I've ever seen. And I love EKGs, as you know. So it was like it was such an. Incredibly overwhelming thing to see.
1: Wow! I
0: was like, "Wow, that's pretty sick." And Dang. they like they had to like. Perfurate. Is that what you said in the moment? Yeah, I said, "Wow, that's pretty sick." <laughs> to the EP. <laughs> <laughs> no, and did they you guys like
1: fist bump afterwards. Yeah, while he was okay. scrubbed in, and he was like, "Oh, cool."
0: And then they like they take a little needle like in the catheter, or not a needle, I guess, but a sharp catheter, and they they pierce the atrial septum to get to the left atrium. That's sick. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, that's sick, bro. That's sick, bro. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Dude, <laughs> look what he did that's awesome (laughs) yeah check it out
0: (laughs) so no but it it, i've had some just memorable experiences looking back
1: i think they've been there's been so many for me that it's hard for Mm -hmm. me to to put it as uh, one thing but there is one uh uh prevailing thing of the thing that i remember the most looking back on med school i split it into two experiences because you have the pre-clerkship years which for me was just like wow we're in we're in school we just go to school it is fantastic (laughs) um which is you know if you've come from having to work full time and then you go down to that you're like huh this is great um and then you know for The second half of med school, the thing that sticks out most to me are the amount of human stories that I have been witness to um over these past two years that obviously I cannot share. Um, but those were the most important things to me. Um, the people who I got to meet and see every day in the hospital that were sick. Impedes, one of my patients there every day, the whole time I was there. Um, and just sitting with them and getting to know them and watching Moana with them. Um, or, you know, one of my surgery patients, you know, who was there for a bowel obstruction couldn't eat anything and just started telling me what they were going to order as soon as they could eat. It was pizza down to the toppings, pineapple, olives, and green peppers with extra cheese. Um, And I think that those things are my most favorite things. And my favorite patient who, after getting their gallbladder removed, had a Philly cheesesteak in the ICU and...
0: (laughs) Were they supposed to have a Philly cheesesteak no, in the no, ICU? cream? what do you think? <laughs> they have no gallbladder no. anymore. No, well, That's then in that case, well. it's a
1: free pass. But um, that, the, it's just the people that I've gotten to meet. The little interesting stories and those, those people, I think, is what sticks out most to me more than the things that I've seen. Um, of course, I got to see all those cool things, too. Um, not an EP study. Um, and a big thing that stands out for me was when I was in the hospital it sucked and it made me think and I'm glad I had as a it happened as a patient yeah. I, I, I'm glad I had it happened on my very first rotation because it changed my perspective going all the way through for people I understand why people want to go home it sucks
0: yeah it's hard to remember that they are people just like you yeah. and you can get sick just like them Yeah. so try yeah. to remember that
1: it's, it's, that was probably the thing that stuck out stuck out the most to me because I will also I'm a narcissist, so I think of myself. Um, well, I don't think you're a narcissist. But that that gave me a perspective of like, jeez, man, this sucks. This person's been here a week. This person's been here two weeks. I understand their nurses are probably busy and they probably just like have to pee and need help or are hungry.
0: Yeah. When I, I guess the things that I saw were the things that stuck out to me. But you're right, the people that you got to meet, like, kind of along the way were probably the most important thing. And, yeah, I had patients, too, where – and, like, you're just a med student. And at the same time, most people don't even really understand what that is or, like, what your role is on the team. You're in a white coat, and you're asking them questions about their health and their condition and why they're in the hospital, and you're telling them what you're going to do. To them, you're, like, an almost doctor. And a lot of people just think you're a doctor, even if you specifically tell them you're not. So I think they kind of give you the same respect and they trust you as much, I guess, as a doctor and just kind of feeling that's really cool. But Not- being
1: just the med student is such a place of like really cool privilege because we get that time to sit in that because we, we have one, two patients, maybe three patients. You really get to know those people. Oh, yeah. Which makes it more meaningful and also hard when you can't help them because yeah. you've gotten to know them quite a bit. Um, so I think that that is, that's the coolest part of being in med school. So to any adv- advice to anybody who's listening, please do that your third year. They told us that too, um, that this is the time for you to really get to know this person. This is, this is your opportunity because you're not going to be doing the procedures. You're not going to be holding this, to, you know, the scope during a colonoscopy. Maybe you will, but it's more about you get to spend all the time. You get to get that really deep history that the other people don't have time to get.
0: And one of our mentor faculty people, um, they gave us advice as a class, but it's just really stuck out to me a while back. And their advice was like, yeah, first and second year, you're kind of just learning everything. But then as a third year student on rotations, your job is to get really good at information gathering. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always stuck with me. And I try to tell it to the third years now. And it goes along with what you're saying about like you have all the time. Yeah, you only have a few patients so like use that time to get really good at taking a solid history and perfecting that craft, not perfecting it, but getting better at that craft through the whole year. And at the same time you're getting to like learn these people's lives and and who they are and what brought them here, but you can really extract a lot out of the history that may end up actually helping their care if you find something out that other people may not have found because they simply don't have the time, whether that's right or wrong, you do. So I think you can contribute quite a bit to the team.
1: And if you were to change or do something differently, I think that was the second part of your question.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point to end on. Just looking back, we may have touched on this a little bit last time about like, do we regret anything? Or would we have changed anything? I definitely like just being where we are is an interesting place because we basically have med school behind us. We're just essentially waiting for the finish line Mm -hmm. and I'm happy with where I am right now and I don't think that changing anything uh, drastically would have changed much now as far as like where I interviewed and where I'm potentially going to end up Um, so like, I feel like I did well enough academically so I don't think there's really much I could change for the positive but I feel like I could have removed some of the anxieties along the way Mm -hmm. or some of the roadblocks along the way that led here I think if I could do something differently, it would just have been, and it's hard to explain this, but like just first and second year specifically, just kind of relaxing a little bit and keeping it all in perspective. But it was perspective I didn't have then that I have now. So it's hard to say that I could have done anything differently. But I was just kind of overwhelmed with the whole task of medical school and getting into residency early on.
1: I think you and I could have taken a little bit from each other, first two years. I think we
0: did, but yeah. we didn't really start talking much until like the beginning of third year, or maybe end of second year.
1: Um, or well, even in no. the first year, rude. No, yeah, second year. no, it was in the first year. But like, where remember we started, that's when you moved no, to Midtown. No, no, no.
0: Like I'm saying, yeah, we became friends second year. But like, as far as where we started, like actually probably getting stuff from each other and that like
1: it was like summer of first year I remember because you you rapid fire quizzed me for my remediation exam uh, yeah I remember that yeah I do you came over you and Marissa your and wife r- came over yeah, to my I remember. apartment
0: hmm, so that is when I began.
1: yeah hmm. yeah
0: and you feel like we should <laughs> have well you said you feel like we could have gotten stuff from each other
1: I think so I think well to be honest, knowing you, you're very stubborn. So I don't know that you would have gleaned much because you have a mission and you know how you're going to do things and you achieve those goals. Mm -hmm. Um, You are only going to learn from yourself and and that's fine. Most people are like that, right? You know, you have to make your own mistakes in order to learn from them. It would be abnormal if you weren't like that, right? So I don't think anybody was going to be able to tell you otherwise. I also think coming into it, Whether you like to admit it or not, you might have had a lot of insecurities about um, how you were going to do in med school. Oh, I definitely did. I think that's
0: where all this came from for for me. And everybody has that to an extent. But it was like, I definitely was like, yeah, I could fail at this and I want to do well.
1: Because, like, I don't know how extensive your undergrad was in terms of, like biology upper division stuff like that a lot of the stuff you've been learning for the first time right like had you learned immunology prior to coming to med school Nope. yeah so i had
0: done just the basics and a little bit more at the end of undergrad
1: see so then i understand that you were you you needed to work yeah the at the level you worked at yes and so there's i don't think you you can't you could not have changed that
0: i think it's not what i did it's just like the mindset of it and realizing after the first year, it's like, hey, you're going to be all right. You don't have yeah. to worry so much.
1: I think maybe for you it would have been less like because you were, you were always very focused on like, you know, despite us being past bail, I think you always wanted to excel and get like, you know – A's hey, or 90% it's the best you know you can do there's nothing wrong with that it's good to expect the best from yourself whereas my mentality was what is the past it's 75 <laughs> all right <laughs> what can I do to get to that point perfect do I need to do anything beyond that no um and I think I could have used a little bit more of like that buff that you know that buffer zone yeah. and that padding you know
0: so the summary maybe of what you're saying is that I could have chilled out a little bit and learned from you, Mm -hmm. and you could have just been a little bit more disciplined and learned from me.
1: Yes. Yes. As a summer. Because one thing I have learned from you as a friend is your discipline. Your discipline inspires me every time I see you. I'm impressed with it Um, because I think discipline is one of those things that I've never had in my life. Um, I really honestly haven't, and it wasn't really pushed in my household. I didn't do sports growing up and, you know, And I think discipline is so important. I see it in applicants today, and I think of you. I think, wow, this person is going to be disciplined because they they have that. And I think success is really, it's a large percentage of it, like 99% of it is your discipline. You can be smart, but if you're lazy, it's not going to get you anywhere.
0: I agree. And I think the thing I learned from, I mean, you, but also like, My own spouse and and your spouse, too, just from, like, all the hundreds of conversations we've had at this point, is when you said I'm stubborn, like, definitely was stubborn, and I think I still am to an extent. It's just, like, maybe not the best word to describe it, but it's a part of my personality. It's just it takes a lot to change my mind, I guess, is the... Yeah. You uh, have a
1: good dose of skepticism. Yes. Sometimes an unhealthy dose, but it's okay. No, I agree. I agree.
0: I agree. But I think that I've learned that... um, especially in medicine like even though we're just kind of starting off like about to be doctors like you can't do that and it can um, it can be harmful um if taken to the extreme mm-hmm. so you need to be very cognizant of how you are like how stubborn i still don't know if that's the best word but how headstrong you're being um so yeah sorry we had a uh, <laughs> a phone call to the podcast room there's a wrong number, I guess. Yeah,
1: they were seeking Nova insurance. So, <laughs> not going to get it here.
0: So, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good summary of where we're at, I guess, uh, actually, as far as like what we're doing and what we're waiting on, and then where we're kind of at mentally. Being... So, you
1: would change your anxiety levels, I guess? Yeah. I a... would change my laziness.
0: That's fair. Yeah. And I feel like I have been better at that since the beginning of third year, which is a while now. Um, And I feel like you've also been better at that for your part of it since sometime in third year.
1: (laughs) Sometime in third year? Yeah. You think I was was lazy for part of third year?
0: (laughs) No, I would never (laughs) say that.
1: Rude. There's a difference between being lazy and knowing the value of your time. And I think this comes later. And I think... It's hard to extrapolate that when you're just starting a rotation and you're younger and you've never had a job. not saying you haven't because I know you've had a lot of jobs, but this also just real quick. So for people going into clerkships, it's when you have a resident telling you to do something or something, you just do it. You shouldn't question it, right? These are your bosses. And this is a high, you know, med students are very risk adverse, so they want to follow the rules. But you have to learn to value your time. You have to be able to recognize when your time is being disrespected um, or when it's actually being used for learning. For example, if a resident wants you to write a note, if they don't want to walk through the note with you or go through you line by, go through it line by line with you, then they are not respecting your time. Because that time should be used for teaching because you're just a third-year medical student. Somebody has to teach you. And I think that's where the difference comes in, at least yeah. for me.
0: No, you're right. And I think people will have different levels of tolerance for what they'll accept or allow.
1: And that's okay.
0: And that is okay. But, I mean, there's definitely, like, an absolute threshold of where you need to realize, like, I don't know. There's there's always going to be a uh, totem or whatever of authority, obviously, the attendings and the the chiefs and the residents and the med students, et cetera. And you have your place on the totem pole of medicine or the hierarchy, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. But at the same time, nobody, regardless of their spot on that hierarchy, should ever be disparaging or just, I guess, uh, mean-spirited or whatever. And the reason I say that or I believe that is just because I've seen attendings that are just incredibly skilled surgeons, attendings in medicine, specialists, whatever, that are just some of the nicest people that are so passionate about teaching and about their patients and they're just good people. And they're still able to teach and they're still able to tell you when you do something wrong. And, d- and they do their job so well. So if those people exist, there's really no reason for anybody to just be a jerk just right. because they're above you and to use authority as the reason for doing so. There's, yeah. just, there's no reason. That's just laziness. Yep. And you can do it and you'll yeah. get away with it most of the time unless you do something really egregious, but it's not necessary. And sometimes you have to call it out
1: sometimes you have to call it out and just it's there's other things that are more benign like sometimes the residents will be excited because med students will be overly anxious and eager to write notes but if you're not gonna sit and review everything with that student what's the point Who's learning
0: yeah and like you're still saving yeah. time if somebody writes a note and then you go over it with them and teach
1: correct but so, you gotta go over it with them and teach
0: yeah you can't just like copy paste it correct <laughs> like that's,
1: and that's 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 that is where we should end that, that's where i say not that, that I've, no.
0: that's never happened
1: that's <laughs> never happened but that's what i'm saying when you should know the value of your time and know that you are here to learn and it's okay to, to say like i'm here to learn let's go through this together or i'm not gonna do it because you get paid to do it and it's your job Otherwise, let me go home and study from my shelf because that is a reflection of me, not your note. So
0: That's an M4 energy you're exuding right
1: there. <laughs> I've been exuding that since day one of M3.
0: And on that note, Ask me
1: about my grades.
0: And on that note. Very average. We'll wrap up this episode, episode two of the best podcast currently available. Yes. The Sink or Swim podcast.
1: And the Sink or Swim podcast. It was nice to have you all here.
0: Thank you for listening to Thank us ramble and rant yet
1: again. <laughs> <laughs> play our music. Until next time. Uh, Playing other music on the podcast. It's over now. Thank you for being here. <laughs> play our music. Play our music. Okay, bye-bye.